Welcome to Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and equips you to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Chapter 6, here we go. <laughs> Verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Say two masters. two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Translation, you cannot serve your stuff and God. You, you got to pick one or the other. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry. Everyone say, do not worry. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? It's a big question. And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature or one hour to your life, some translations would say. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, he, will he not much more clothe you? And then Jesus says these words. Matter of fact, the only time Jesus put these words in the Bible. O ye, and then he puts these words together, of little faith. Say little faith. It's the only time Jesus ever refers to it. It's a compound word. I know you didn't know your pastor was that smart, but I've got commentaries and I read them. It's a compound word. It's the only time Jesus literally says little faith together. We're going to make sense of that today because it's important for us to know. You have little faith. Verse 31, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. And then here it is again, key words, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Everybody said amen to that. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Today, if you're taking notes, I want to speak to you from the subject of pick a side. Everyone say, pick a side. Okay, here's the side you're going you're to have to decide today, okay? And I'll get to it. You're either going to pick worry or you're going to pick faith. But you can't have both. You've you got to pick a side. Amen? All right, let's get to it. Let's pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. You may be seated. Morgan, thank you. Josh, way to crush it with the string breaking in the middle of the set. It, 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 yeah, about a, literally, like, I'm playing, and I see this, like, shiny thing go flying everywhere, and Josh is, like, taking his guitar string and moving it out of the way. Way to, way to go through. All right, let me catch you up to speed, okay? If you weren't able to join us last week because you were out burning firecrackers until 3 o'clock in the morning... It was illegal in this part of town, by the way. Should not be doing that. I was just joking, kind of. Um, but let me just catch you up to speed, okay? Started a series last week, last week, I'll put words together, called Worry is Worthless. Took some good heat this week on that, by the way. Man, I had people messaging me going like, no, I don't think that's true. I was like, hey, Jesus said it. I didn't say it. He said, do not worry. So therefore, worry is, is worthless. One guy said, well, I see that you are a Christian man. I was like, Yes, sir, I am. So <laughs> worry is worthless. I mean, he was trying to hit me from a whole like, you know, world perspective and all that stuff. I'm like, man, I'm not supposed to be thinking like the world, man. Worry's worthless. Stop it. Knock it off. So I didn't say it to him that way. I just kind of worked around it. So, but worry's worthless. 
And so kind of the big takeaways that we talked about last week were really three things that I think is worth kind of mentioning today as, as we go on to the solution to worry that Jesus spoke about. Last week, man, we just introduced you to it as far as what Jesus had to say about it. Next week, we'll go to the Old Testament and we'll show you how God dealt with it in the life of a man. But today we're gonna discover Jesus addresses it, but then Jesus gives the solution to it. We have a statement around here and it goes like this. If Jesus can't fix it, it can't be fixed. Thank you so much, wife. You're so awesome. It can't be fixed. Like that's the reality. You, could, you have to believe that as a believer. If you think... If you think things can be fixed outside of Jesus, man, you're, you're missing the point. Jesus is the answer and the solution to everything that the human condition, heart, mind, body, soul is ever going to experience. It's all about Jesus. Amen. Mm, some of you are like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Jesus, he, he, he talked about this. So the first thing we discovered last week is, number one, is you can't add anything to your life by worrying. Not a single second, minute, hour, day, month, year, decade, century, and anything else beyond that. Worry will never add to your life. Matter of fact, I'm convinced worry takes away from your life. I know we made a joke about it last week, but how many of you have, have worried so much that you feel you've lost years to your life? And people are like, I mean, last week they're like, yeah, it's me, I'm so, and then it's like, how many of you feel like because of your worry, you've knocked years off other people's lives? It's like, why won't they hang out with me? I don't know, just joking, just joking. Some of you have wondered why Thanksgiving attendance has dropped significantly year after year. Total joke, just learn it out there. <laughs> Everyone smile. All right, that was number one. You can't, you can't listen, if you're gonna worry, you're wasting your life. That's this, it's the simple, it sounds really harsh, but you are. Worry's a waste of time, therefore it's a waste of your life. Don't, don't worry, Jesus said it. Secondly, if it, when it comes to worry, I think we need to know that do all you can do and then leave the rest to God. That's, at the end of the day, you can only do what you can do. That's all you're responsible for, all right? That was last week. And then thirdly, I thought this one was pretty good, is the things that you're most devoted to are the things that you worry about the most. Makes total sense. If, if, if you care about your children, you tend to worry about your children. If you care about your marriage, you worry about your marriage. If you care about your finances, you worry about your finances. If you worry about your team moving to Las Vegas, you worry about your team moving to Las Vegas and being what they always were in Oakland and Los Angeles. And it's like, can we just go back to winning Super Bowls? And then you worry about it because then your friends make fun of you and you can't get away from that because everywhere you go, they're clowning you. It's a tough life, people. It's a tough life. But you worry about it. I know I'm joking, but what I'm saying is, is you're only worrying about things that really have your attention. I think we could all agree upon that. And as much as it has your attention, here's the reality. It's not to have your worry. We said this last week. You could be uncertain about tomorrow, but you cannot worry. It is okay to say, hey, you know what? I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how this is going to play out. You, you guys know me. My, my heart, my mind is on my shoulder. You can see it most of the time. God, I do not know how 1,650 boxes are going to go out into this community. And then all of a sudden, thank you, Josh. You're very vocal today. I love it. And then all of a sudden... All of a sudden, I walk outside, and it's like, wait, we can't give those 25 boxes away because the pastor from Refuge is coming over, and then you look around, and every single box is gone. And you're like, why in the world was I worrying about that? So what I'm saying is, is like, you can be uncertain about things, but hear me close. Don't worry about it. You're hurting yourself. You're stopping your growth. You just got to get to a place where you just go, okay, I'm not going to worry about it. I've done all I can do. 
I'm trusting God. It's a powerful thing. I came across this quote last week and I thought it was good. Worrying is like prayer in reverse. Prayer generally makes issues smaller while worrying makes issues bigger. Have you noticed that? When worry comes, what do you start to do? Your, your imagination starts to go wild and you start to make a really small matter really significantly big. I think we've all been there, we've all done it, and that's because you're feeding your worry. Listen, you, like, okay, we say this. When anxiety comes, first step, pray. So let's just throw another word in there. When worry comes, first step, pray. Now I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna share some words today and I gotta make this very clear so you don't get up and walk out of here by the time I'm done. <laughs> I didn't say these words. Jesus did. The words we're getting ready to discuss and the verbiage that Jesus uses is going to make you come face to face today with what it is you believe. And it's not like a cliche. It's not like a dumb moment. It's like, no, if you choose, if I choose to be a person that will not deal with my worry. Jesus has some pretty strong words today. So everyone say, Jesus said it, not Pastor Rich. All right, Jesus said it. Okay, so here's the deal. 2,000 years ago, there's a group of people that are worrying about stuff, much like we are today. Remember, remember the joke last week? It's like some of you, you don't worry at all, and, and your spouse is worried about you, so they take you to the, to the doctors to make sure you've actually got blood pressure going through you because you just don't worry. You're calm, cool, collective. The other ones of you, you're losing life because you're worrying. Some of us, possibly in the middle. We're just kind of like, yeah, I kind of do, kind of don't. Jesus addressed this 2,000 plus years ago, and the words are still true today for us, and that's comfort. Jesus doesn't just bring up the problem. He brings up the problem, but he also gives a solution. And last week, I wanted to share that solution so bad. But I'm like, nope, to be continued. Here we go. So we're going to get to it, okay? So here's what we're going to do. Just like last week, we're going to go back, and it's verse by verse. So we're going to start at verse 27. Which of you, by worrying, can add one hour to his life? We know the answer is no one. Let's be clear. Can't do it. Verse 28. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they neither toil nor they spin, yet they still grow. Verse 29, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now there's one verse I left out, and that was one before, where he began to talk about the birds of the air. He said, look at the birds. They do nothing, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. It's like in life, it's like if, G if you're in this situation and you're like these, these people that Jesus is confronting, they are literally worried about what they're gonna eat and what they're gonna wear. And Jesus is like, well, let me just throw this at you. Have you considered the birds? And they're probably thinking like, consider the birds? Like, what are you talking about, Jesus? I've got bigger things to worry about. And you want me to look at birds, you know? And I think Jesus, in a funny way, is just sitting back, okay, okay, get it all out, get it all out. And then they get it all out. And he's like, all right, are you done yet? I think Jesus kind of worked that way. I think Jesus had a sense of humor. I think Jesus played jokes on the disciples around the fire. I, I, I believe it. I can't back it in scripture, but I believe it. I think Jesus was a really, really good guy to hang out with. And I think sometimes in conversations, Jesus would let these guys just like talk and go, all right, da -da, da -da, da -da, da -da. are you done? I really believe that to be true. Just my opinion, when we get to heaven, we could ask then, okay? He says, consider the birds. Now let's put that in our context because some of us are like, 
Consider the birds, Jesus. What are you talking about? I got bigger issues than looking at birds. I've got, I've got stuff going on that I'm worried about. I, I've got issues with my spouse. I've got kids I've got to raise. I've got a job that I don't even know if I'll have it a month from now. I, I work in an industry that because of this whole issue might not even exist. And you're telling me to look at birds? And Jesus is like, yeah, consider them. Then he goes on and he talks about the grass and, and the flowers. And the point of all those verses right there is simply this. They do absolutely nothing. And they're taken care of. Think of that. I'm reading this going like, goodness gracious, Jesus, lay it on. And he is. And he says, consider all of this. And therefore, they do. Huh. You think God's in control? Pretty easy question, right? Did God start this whole thing? Yeah, pretty sure he did. Do you think God is behind keeping all the planets doing whatever they're doing? Yep. Okay. So think of this. Let this settle in. If he can do all of that, and we worry, what we've done is we have stopped short of his best for us. You've allowed your worry to become bigger than the planets that spin and the life that he created and the fact that he, he got on the ground and he grabbed dirt and he... Yeah. Yeah. And here you are. You are saying that your financial situation is bigger than that? Let me just encourage you. Go home and look in the mirror and understand that according to the book of Genesis, you were, create, you were created in the image of God. And you're allowing this, whatever it may be, to stop you short of God's best. Now, ooh, oh, you of little faith, Jesus says. Little faith. Look at your neighbor and say, little faith. Look at the other one and say, you little faith are you. <laughs> All right, let's, now let's get real heavy. Everyone look at verse 32. Okay, remember, what did I say? Words of Jesus. Okay, I'm just reiterating, trying to be a good disciple, pastor, friend. For the pagans. Uh-oh, stop there. I like how the screen puts for the pagans, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Number one, I did that for a reason. For the pagans. What's a pagan? Simple definition. They're people who don't believe there's a God. I don't know what was said, but everyone's laughing and I agree. <laughs> they do not believe that God exists. Uh-oh. So Jesus could talk more about the birds and the flowers and the grass. And then he goes, nope, let's really get to the heart of the issue. Look at those people around you who mock you for what you believe. Look at the ones who mock you because I, Jesus, am here on this earth and they don't even think I'm the Messiah. Jesus starts referencing those guys. And you're going, uh-oh, for, for the pagans, no God. Then they say this, for the pagans, next verse, or next part of the verse, 
run after. Underline it, circle it, highlight it, or just remember it. They run after all these things. Now, this one little phrase, this is what it says. It says, the pagans run. That's parallel with worry, seek, and devote themselves to. They are devoted to what they eat, to what they wear, to what they drink, and nothing more. He says, for the pagans. He says, look, you guys actually believe there's a God, and they don't. So what's Jesus really saying? Jesus is saying, if you're stressed out, and if you're worried over these things, it's as if you don't even believe there's a God. As if to say, you're no different than an atheist. Why am I elevating my voice so much today? I'll tell you why. Never anger. Always concern. Because people miss out on the greatness of God and the fullness of God over worry. So I hope you sense my passion today. And like David, encouraging himself in the Lord, I'm even preaching this to me. So I guess if I am yelling, I'm yelling at me. Because worry, man, it just, just knocks it off. If you do that, you're acting like a person who, who doesn't even believe there's a God. And I know none of us will say that, yeah, that's what I want to be. No, no, we know there's a God. Okay, so here's the, here's the, the life application. Don't worry. And since we live in slow, be happy. <laughs> Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. If you, man, encourage yourself in the Lord. Don't worry about it. See, I'm uncertain about it. That's okay. If I'm uncertain, what am I going to do? I'm going to lean on God. I can trust God. Can you trust God? Lean on Him. But don't worry. So here's why I think this phrase is so important. Especially in today. Especially with where we find ourselves. For goodness gracious, Carrie, what, 17, 18 weeks? I mean, if there was any time for an opportunity to present itself, for us to be the body of Christ, to be spirit-filled believers, to be the ones that trust in God no matter what happens, this is our hour and this is our time. And I mean this respectfully, this is not a time for us to blow it or to miss it. It's a time for us to stay in tune with God and the Holy Spirit and to say, in this time, God, I'm going to be what your word calls me to be, an overcomer, a victor, not a victim. I'm not going to allow what's going on to get me to a place where I'm down on life, when there's this amazing opportunity, guess what, to be completely different. And here's how most of us think about us. We run in the same circles. Have you noticed that? And if you run in the same circles, you tend to have almost sometimes the same problems that other people have. So for an illustration, if I was to take this room and I was to put the people that are worried about their job, I could put them in one spot, their family, one spot, their finances, one spot. Their I mean, you can just go and you can get everyone going in, right? And we've all got these circles that we run in. Now think about this. The people that you live life with, that you rub shoulders with, that you work with, if you're allowed to be in a place, or someone that you Zoom with, because meetings have turned into Zoom, whatever. 
wouldn't it be amazing if the people that you run with go, how in the world are you calm right now? How in the world do you have peace? I know we've joked about this, but it's true. How in the world do you even smile? There is a lot to be disgruntled about. There's a lot of things to be afraid of. There's a lot of things to be upset about. Why aren't you not on this side with me? Why do you just seem not to worry? Opportunity. You want to know what happened? And we'll probably take this out of the recording just to be sensitive. Because it's not about accolades. And it's not about your name being somewhere. I watched a news reporter from our town as she was given the interview begin to cry over a simple box of produce going into the back of a car. I wish for that interview right there that she was actually standing next to me so this community could see just what a simple box could do to a non-believer who, does, who maybe doesn't know Jesus for all I know begin to go like, this is amazing. You know what she said multiple times? She goes, the cars just keep coming in. The cars were around the corner, down that way, down that street, backed up on Foothill. Oh, sorry, I'm out of the camera picture. Sorry, Patricia. (laughs) She's my favorite. She's one of my favorites. I mean, cars were backed up. And she's literally going like, this is amazing. And her eyes are welling. Want to know what that was? As a group of people, we're not worrying. We're stepping up in, in this opportunity. We're stepping up at this time. Not so we could be made famous, so that Jesus could be famous, so that the local church can serve its community, which it's yeah. supposed to do, beyond four walls. Yeah. Boom, happened just like that. Why? Opportunities, listen to me close. Opportunities have a shelf life. And if you're not careful, opportunities will come. And if you sit on it too long, it will pass you by. So you've got to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. So when that opportunity comes, you can jump on it. I'm referring to Carrie a lot because she was in the meetings and they just happened to be here today. Great to have you. Pastor Wendell sat all of us down about six weeks ago and said, here's what we feel the Lord's telling us to do. We call it six by six. Six things that get six weeks of focus. That's our mandate right now. And as soon as he said that, I prayed, God, what's our number one? And my spirit, community, engagement, number one, came just like that. Fast forward five weeks later, as you guys have been with us, God says, okay, I can make that happen for you. Phone calls begin to happen. Things begin to line up. Boom, we are now engaging our community. Why? I honestly believe because we are not going to be the people that sit back and worry about this whole thing and get all negative and get all down. We're going to be people of faith. Listen to me. Pick a side. And some of you, for your family's sake, you need to pick God's side. You need to walk in faith. I'm not saying you can't have honest conversations. Need to have them. Great time to have them. But have faith. 
We don't worry. You pull your family close and you say, yeah, all of this craziness is going on, but we got God and we can trust God and it can happen. It's an opportunity to shine brighter than ever before. Listen, Jesus says, look, your struggles and your circumstances are common to all men. <laughs> Perry, we got it all like together, right? We all got this issue going on. We're in this together. Jesus says, hey, it's all common. The difference is not the challenge. It's not the difference. The difference is not the trial. Listen close. The difference could potentially be your response. That's the difference. And we choose not to worry. All right, so my favorite part, you ready? All of that to get right here. Two weeks worth of notes, two weeks worth of preaching. I don't know how long I've gone up until this point. I don't think the 25-minute mark. Yes, the 25-minute mark is now he's walking up, and that's the mark. So for one week plus 25 minutes, all to this point right here, Jesus throws the problem out, and here comes the solution. Verse 32, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Need what? What do you need? Your heavenly Father knows. He knows you have need of them, okay? Then he goes, okay, it's like this. Imagine today when you go home and you have your day and you have your lunch and you have your Sunday nap unless you're driving back home um, and, and all of a sudden you, you, you wake up and I'm not trying to be, I'm just trying to illustration here and you wake up and there's an angel in your room. You ever had that happen before? There's an angel in your room. They exist. It's in the Bible. It's true. I believe it. And imagine an angel being in your room and this is all the angel says. He knows. That's it. He knows. If an angel of the Lord appeared in your room tonight and the only words he said is he knows, how would you feel? I tell you what, every worry I'd ever have would be completely gone because he knows. If my heavenly father knows, He's working. Any dad in this place, if your kid has a need, what are you doing? You're meeting that need. No matter what it takes. We're talking about our Heavenly Father. If you have a worry, He knows. And He can take care of it. But how does He do it? Look at verse 33. But, uh-oh. But seek first. Okay. The word therefore is usually a continuation of the verses before. But is kind of like, pay attention. <laughs> pay attention to the next verse. Pay attention to what comes after this because it's going to tell you what you need to know. But seek first. There's the problem. The reason we're worried is because we're seeking the wrong thing. That's the issue. What you've been seeking first is wrong. What you've been extraordinarily devoted to is leading you to a valley of worry. What you have been seeking first is why you're emotional. You're devoted to the wrong thing. So the solution is a transfer of devotion. Seek first, continue on. 
His kingdom, His righteousness. Not seek first your worry. Seek first your doubt. Seek first your whatever it is. You can fill in the blank. Don't seek that first. Seek His kingdom and His righteousness. That's the issue. you got to transfer what you're devoted to. And then it goes on. And all these things. What things? Here's the beautiful part of Jesus. What things? The things you were worried about. He cares about those things. And he says, if you just seek me first, all of these things, referring to what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear, what you will do, and you fill in the blank for your life. He says, I got that for you. So it's a transfer of devotion. I've got to take this and go on. And then at the end of verse 33, and all these things will be given to you as well. That's it. Okay, so let's just back up. Remember we said this last week. Some of us are so hyper-focused that we can't see big picture. Okay, so you fill in the blank right now. Whatever, don't, don't say it out loud. Keep it to yourself. Could get really awkward. If I say what's the number one worry in your life, I'm going to say it, and you fill in the blank in your mind. Hey, here's a question for you. What's the number one worry in your life? Okay, I think you got it. Okay, so here's, here's what Jesus is saying. I actually care about that worry. I care about it. Would you give it to me? Would you seek me first? Cast all your cares upon me, for I, I care for you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Would you seek me? Would you give that to me? And in return, because you seek me first, I'll give you what you need. I'll take care of it. I got you. Man, I don't know. I just read that and I just go like, whew, that sounds real simple. Doesn't it? Does it sound simple? It is that simple. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media to hear more about what God is doing through our church at Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo. For more information, visit us at canyonhills.com.